You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Saturday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And we're back again here on a Saturday for Tailgate Talk. And my guest today is my good buddy, Joe Miller, host of the Overreaction Podcast and a million other podcasts on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast feed. He does all kinds of great live video work that you need to be paying attention to. And I would uh, encourage you to follow him on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired to keep track of all of the great work. And Joe, thanks for being my guest today here for Tailgate Talk, a conversation that is designed to simulate what we would do if we were in the parking lots before the game, giving the listeners something else to listen to as the game approaches and it's uh, meant to be at their disposal for the weekend. So Joe, I hope you have a beverage. We're gathered around perfect conditions in Orchard Park here talking Bills Dolphins. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, it's great to be here, but I feel a little naked. You did not mail me a blue light, so I'm definitely short of beer uh, <laughs> for this show. I am drinking a cup of coffee, though, and I think that's mm. acceptable at certain times. So when we tailgated for the home opener, uh, obviously, we had coffee at 6 a.m., and then I brought mimosas, <laughs> right? So we had mimosas early because, you know, I mean, some people go straight to the hard stuff or they go to beer before 10 a.m., and I just can't do that. It's like I need something a little more breakfasty, right? So, but yeah, no, it's good to be here, dude. Thank you for having me. I you're always allowed to have a cup of coffee because of your signature, whether this podcast finds you <laughs> around a cup of coffee or with your AirPods in at the gym. Welcome. You know? it, you know, it's it's sometimes you do something that you don't expect to catch fire. And that was the thing. Like, so that was one of those things that like so many people respond to me and I wanted hashtag wildest dreams land to catch fire. Mm-hmm. And that one has struggled. Meanwhile, I get the pushback all the time. This one did find me running a cup of coffee. This one did find me with my at the gym with my AirPods. And like people respond to that on every social media platform. And it was just something that I just kind of, I don't know. I tried to, I tried to find a nice welcome is all I was yeah. trying to do. And that one got legs. So yeah, that's uh yeah. So here we are with my cup of coffee. <laughs> so it's not just me that, I don't know. I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say I give you crap, but I definitely, no. I definitely bring it up. Like like we took a picture. We were at Barbill. I said, today's lunch finds me around some chicken wings. It's like, all right, I'm going to pin this on Joe as often as I can. I love it. I absolutely love it. So it's it's part of the shtick and it's part of the charm of the show at this point. So I, I have to make sure that I do it and I do it right. So I literally have it written down now. So there was a couple of times early on when I wasn't live that I would have to like retake it because if I didn't write it down, I would just try to do it off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And then it, so now that I'm live, it's like, no, no, I have it written down in front of me so that I, I make sure that I get it right because I don't want somebody to be like, what happened to the intro? So, yeah, it is dude. I don't remember when that episode was, but I, it's, I'm pretty sure it was some point over the summer and I'm giving my daughter a walk throughout our neighborhood and you were doing some type of giveaway where if they could just say wildest dreams land, they got tickets to, was it to yeah. a preseason game or something? Yeah. And yeah. I'm yelling at your listeners. <laughs> like, what do you guys do? Like, how, how yeah. is this escaping you? And wasn't it like Spence or like Sterling or something that winds Spence up gave it away? Spence gave it away. Yeah. But at that point, it was like anybody. Can anybody remember yeah. the hashtag? Anybody at all? Yeah. But the couple of coffee did. thing everybody's got. Just know I was yelling. <laughs> you probably wanted to yell as you were yes. hosting. I was yelling 
as I was listening. So yeah, no, appreciate it. <laughs> all right, Joe, we got a game. We got Bills Dolphins on Sunday, and I'd like to know what your thoughts are. What? How are you feeling? And, and that's one of my favorite things to kind of dig into with you is you're always really good at expressing your emotions surrounding yeah. the Bills, and so. I'd like to know how you're feeling about this Bills team coming off of the bye after a heartbreaking loss, and they're set to face the Miami Dolphins, a team they've handled very well in recent years. And so uh, Miami, a ton of distractions entering Sunday. So what are your prevailing thoughts about this football game? There's a lot to be excited about, even when you consider Josh Allen, quote unquote, owning the Dolphins, right? What is he, five and one or six and one against the Dolphins? Five and one. Uh, yeah, Sean McDermott obviously has a great record against the Dolphins. Um, going back before McDermott, Mario Williams owned the Dolphins. I mean, he was their daddy before basically we got a new daddy in Josh Allen for the Dolphins. But what's funny about it for me is I never really get, and it's based, so it was the early 90s. and the early 90s, there was an expectation. We're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. And when we didn't win, it was like, what happened? Like whether it was the Chiefs like in prime time or the Steelers, the Bills always had problems with the Chiefs. They always had problems with the Steelers. And literally, I never got to the point where this is a dub, this is a dub, this is a dub, until pretty much this season, that Titans game. I expected the Bills to roll into Tennessee, roll the Titans, and roll out. Like, just because of they lost to, what it was the Jets, right? They lost to the Jets. Uh, Tannehill had been sacked one in every 10 dropbacks 20 times so far in the season. He only got sacked 22 last year. The defense was playing horrible. Everything just pointed to, we're going to light them up. And they're not going to be able to put any points on the board because their defense is playing so well. Well, lesson learned. Uh, so I would say this. I'm probably not as, uh, you know, like shouting W from the rooftop, like it's a win for sure. Like, but I'm, I'm very much excited for the game. I love the Miami Dolphins game. It is it's it's one of the you know couple games of the year that you always circle going in because it's a you know it's a rivalry game. And for us, as much as the Dolphins rivals, I, from my understanding, is always going to be the Jets. And the Patriots have always been the Patriots as far as for the last 20 years. For us, for Bills fans, it's the return of the Kelly Marino thing. For us, the Dolphins are our rival. We didn't rip the goalposts down because we beat the Patriots or we beat the Steelers. We ripped, ripped them down because the Dolphins owned us. And then we finally beat them and the goalposts came down. So for me, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, a little apprehensive. You, it's hard, even with the distractions, it's hard not to you know, look at the amount of talent that's on that roster. Very grateful at this point that we're still not going to see Henry Fuller V, uh, which is what I like to call him, uh, Henry Fuller V, uh, because of his finger. He hasn't come off of IR yet, but that team is riddled with talent. If the yeah. coaching can figure it out, if they can get on the same page, and it's an every week kind of game, any given Sunday, and they're going to hit a game or a stride where they're going to put it all together Some at some point. You just hope it's not this weekend. So, And even if they do, we should be able to handle them. Yeah. But I'm I'm a little 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 more apprehensive to just be like, well, we got this one in the bag, and it's in Buffalo, which helps too. So, yeah. Well, and Tua's played his best two games of his career career in his last two games, and right. I go back to imagine how the Miami Dolphins feel about the Bills, yeah, having yeah. ruined their season last year. I mean, <sighs> playing against the Bills, mostly backups on defense, and, and all of their backups for the second half hung 56 points on him, beat it by 30. The Dolphins are in a win and in situation. The Bills are only trying to break records. Like literally, yeah. that was the whole they wanted some different records for their offense and they said let's go chase them. Came out flat in that first quarter, got out of a rut and poured it on against a Dolphins team that had everything to lose and the Bills had nothing to gain, but you know, putting a statement and an exclamation point on a historic off-season or offensive regular season and they beat them by 30. And then yes. they beat them 35 to nothing in week 2. 
they're they, for what is it a six game winning streak or something against yeah. Miami? Like eventually this team's going to be like pissed off or and <laughs> and and want like I'm I'm sure they already are there. You know what I mean? As competitors, yeah. as alpha males that play football. I mean, they're not trying to extend this losing skid and, and no. it, it, Tua with the distractions. I think you know what better way if if some type of trade doesn't get done before the Buffalo game. What better way to prove that you are the right direction for Miami moving forward than going out and making a statement against Buffalo on the road with them coming off of a bye? Like, I know yeah. that that stuff at the end of the day is, is it doesn't give them any extra points or anything like that, but right. there's got to be a huge layer of motivation for this Dolphins team <laughs> to kind of change the narrative around this matchup. But how much motivation could there be? You said it. They they came into Buffalo last year. Win and you're in. All yeah. you got to do is beat the Bills. And like you said, Josh Allen, you know, he, we were all surprised he started that a lot of the starters played, but they were going for records. They were trying to like do some things for the guys, for the team. Yeah. But you knew he wasn't going to play the whole game. So, and you could beat them and they could still get their records. And what do they do? They came out and they, by halftime, they were running for the bus. And the funny thing is, is like this game is effectively the game why we don't build a dome in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Because that late season game, it gives us all the advantage. And that's something to think about. The weather for this game is going to be much different than last year when they came to town. I think it was 47 degrees. I don't. I think there was the threat of rain, but it didn't rain. It's going to be similar. It's going to be like, what, low 50s, high 40s for this football game. No real rain threat. It's going to rain in the morning. So it's very similar. So you got to wonder, like, you know, is it, it will the weather affect them again like it did last year if the weather affected them all at all? And I know people say the weather doesn't, but it does. When you yeah. live in it, when you live in it, Right. It's different than when you get here on Saturday, step off. It's the it's the scene from Cool Runnings. Right. So like Cool Runnings, like they all they make it to Calgary and they, like, they step out of the airport and it's like, oh, my God, like <laughs> what, what am I looking at right now? Now, it's not going to be that cold this weekend, but I wonder if the weather will help a little bit being outside. Being in the stadium is always big. But if they don't if they weren't motivated last year. I don't know what it's going to take, but they're literally sitting in that pocket that we sat in with Tom Brady and the Patriots for a long time where you just basically went into the game and people would ask us as Bill's fans, Hey, Bill's got the Patriots this week. What do you think? It's like, I don't think much. I, don't think <laughs> yeah, much of, I, I want it to be over is what I think. Right. Right. And <laughs> then it was next the, week, please. And then I remember where I was. I'm sure you do too, for the Drayton Florence game when we beat them. Yeah. And it was like, Oh my God. Yeah. We, we beat the Patriots. Right. right. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Joe. There's a sour part of me. Like as far as Brady leaving the division and the bills, assuming the, being the kings of the AFC East. Yeah. I love to see him go, but I hate that the Bills never dethroned him, right? Like, for yeah. as happy as we are that he's not in this division, he still has that 33 and three record or whatever all time. Like, just because he's on a different team doesn't change any of that for me. And I know that Brady's image has changed and perception <laughs> has changed for a lot of people. It. It's not, I'm not part of that group, it. bro. I'm not I, part of that group. When I say I hate it, I hate that I like him. Like, I literally oh, are you like part him. of that. Okay. Oh. It's hot. He's charming. He's fun. He like says he's not muzzled by by Belichick anymore. Like it's not he's not a robot like right. He's not answering to Belichick and there's not that because there was that rumor of inner turmoil between him and just some of the staff and what was going on there that I believe where there's smoke, there's fire. That was real. Just like the Steve, you know, Stephen A. Ross, I think Stephen A. Ross or Ross. Uh, the Ross family wanted, uh, you know, Tua and and Flores wanted Herbert. I believe that stuff, all that Fact. stuff, those rumors is true, right? So yes. I believe there was turmoil there. So just to see him loose in Tampa, almost enjoying football versus going to work. Now, there's a difference between you can not enjoy your job and still be very good at it. 
Does that make sense? Like you, it's Oh, like for you, sure. You, I did that for a long time as a person. Yeah. I yeah, was great at jobs that I did not like. Yeah. You are awesome at this. You must love it. And if you no. get him private, it's like, no, I, I don't. Yeah. And it seems like now he's doing what he loves and he's loved doing it at the same time. So it's just, there's just a difference about him, but I'm, I get it. It's the, it's the, 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 whatchamacallit, the fan base is divided between Tom Brady and, but we're going to get a chance. We're going to get a yeah. chance to pay that retribution at least once. Maybe twice. Hopefully twice. I'd love it. I think where I sit on this Brady thing is I don't not like Tom Brady, the person like yeah. his stick, who he is, is fine. Like I don't wish, wish him ill or anything like that. I'm just not going to forget 33 <laughs> and three and, and not just the dominance over the bills, but because of what he did in New England and how that affected the Bills and inconsistency at general manager and head coach and never being able to build anything sustainable because it was always reset, 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 not good mm. enough, can't beat the Patriots, and mm. that was the standard in your division, and it led to two decades worth of bad football that I had to endure. And, like, good for Tom Brady, but I'm I'm just not <laughs> going to forget about it, and I'm not going to sit here and root for his success. I'm just yeah. not going to do it. There's some redeeming things that are possibilities out there. One of them is we swept the division last year and the Bills could potentially sweep the division this year. And I don't know how many times the Patriots did that. So there's some things that we can kind of build on that maybe Tom didn't do and that team didn't do. But yeah, we're we're talking about the Patriots, but you know, we're supposed to be uh, chatting about the Dolphins. But uh that's the well, point of this, man. We can go wherever we want. <laughs> I felt like I steered us there. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> that's fine. This is this is organic, it's unscripted. We wanted Good. to we're just having a conversation. Here, let me let me uh let something out of the bag here. This is something I've teased. I haven't I haven't officially made this known or official yet, but the trip in December is booked. My trip to Buffalo in December is nice. fully booked. We're coming up. Bills Panthers. Nice. nice. The reason I felt this was a good time to share that is because you mentioned what you said about um living in the cold and, and yep, living yep. in Buffalo and, and and how brother, I am nervous. I am nervous about Late oh, yeah. December and being outside uh, for a three game and a half because hours, four hours, yeah, four man, hours I don't, being <laughs> and I don't love it to be hot. I'll, I'll say that I want it to be like 60, 70 degrees, but yeah, yeah, the possibility of it being windy and cold, like there is a nervous part of me that I, I mean, I've had to be in cold weather. I, I mean, I'm, you're going to laugh at this, but like I go to Indianapolis for the combine every year in February. It's cold. And I, that is hard for me. It's cold. I lived in Columbus. It's two and a half hours, like straight west from, from Indianapolis. It's, it's cold in Columbus. People, Buffalo gets this rap of it being colder than every place else in America. And it's like, no, it's not. Like, it's colder sometimes in Columbus and Indianapolis. Oh, and Philadelphia and Boston and Detroit right. and like all the Chicago, all these places. But what's interesting is like, the you know, the Dolphins are going to go from 80 something degrees, right? Yeah. They're going to come down, come down up here to 50 something, which when you're talking about the game you're going to go to, it's going to be what, 60, 55, 60 in December. You're going to come up here and it's going to be probably 25, 30, oh. 32 degrees. But the, the, the thing about the weather is Buffalonians, by and large, when it's 25 or 30 degrees, for me at least, what I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Hoodie is my attire. Unless I'm snow blowing or unless it's 10, I'm wearing a hoodie. I take my hoodie into the truck, turn the truck on, right? Drive to work in my hoodie. And like if I'm going to a restaurant, if I'm going someplace, I'm wearing a hoodie. It's just, it's just different when you live in it versus, you know, coming up here and feeling it. And it's like, oh my gosh, I got to stand in this. I got to play in this for three hours. I got to, I got to sit in this on a cold metal bench. Now, I don't know if you'll be in the clubs. If you're in the clubs, it'll be better because you'll have heated seats, but 
uh, yeah, it definitely affects the, the the players. And I think the weather could potentially help a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Maybe not as much as it would if it was December for the Dolphins. But when that Carolina team comes here, when that Atlanta team comes here, Dome team, right? When they come here in late in the season, it's going to be big. But this Dolphins team, for me, they've got an opportunity to step up and bite you. They've got an opportunity. Yeah. They've got the ability to sting you. They're, you know, they're one and six. They're backed in a corner. They're heavily embarrassed. They know there's a distraction. We've talked about it already. You know, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that Tua, this is what I, this is what I, I feel like Tua goes through on a daily basis. He gets up at whatever time. I'm sure he's the quote unquote first guy at the stadium or first guy at the practice yeah. facility because that's what they say about every quarterback. So he gets up in the morning. He's in the shower. He's probably thinking, got to go to work. What I got to do today gets through work, makes dinner when he gets home because he's quote unquote the last guy to leave the stadium because that's always what they say about every quarterback. But when he gets at some point in time where he's decompressing and he's sitting in front of the television or he lays his pillow like or lays his head on his pillow, you I promise you it goes through his head man, they really want to trade me. Like, they really want to trade me. And that is enough right there. And then there was somebody, I don't remember who it was. It was on Good Morning Football this past week, uh, a Dolphins player that was interviewed. And as per Kyle Brandt, I missed the interview, but he was like, that dude didn't give them a glowing review that like they're all behind Tua. So there's trouble on the home front. Like the honeymoon is way over. And you saw the mannerisms from Brian Flores last week in that loss yeah. where he was, when you talk about coaching structure, we'd love to place the blame immediately on the head coach. But the reality is, and, and McDermott has said this, he's the head coach. He's the guy that's responsible for it all. But there's a CEO of the offense and there's a CEO of the defense. The Dolphins have two CEOs of the offense, which is even more weird. But it was clear that Flores is at the point of exacerbation or not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's at the point of just frustration with both of his coordinators and what they're doing because it's not working. And he's the one that's going to get his head chopped off because of Tua. And I'll be honest with you. I'd love to see the Bills thump them this week and Flores <laughs> get fired on Monday. Like, to oh, me, boy. that would be that'd be amazing. Like, I like Brian Flores. I just don't like the Patriots. I like, you know, some of their players. I just don't want them to win. Like, yes, yeah. trade trade for Deshaun Watson and then let him go to jail and, like, set your franchise back 10 more years. Let's do that. That sounds like fun. <laughs> well, um, the inter interesting thing about Brian Flores is I think since he became their head coach, there might only be one or two assistant coaches that have stuck around with him and he's right. fired a lot of them a lot of them have left for the same job with other teams right. you know like there's a lot of questions here with this Dolphins team one other note here you mentioned that you're in a hoodie whatever the circumstances are today in in western New York I'm in Charlotte <laughs> North Carolina I too have a hoodie on it's 63 degrees right now Joe so. I'm wearing I'm wearing shorts I'll okay. be wearing shorts today uh, around town. So it's, if it's above 40, I'm pretty much in shorts and a hoodie. Now, I'm not wearing flip-flops. If it's above 50, I'm normally in flip-flops. But okay. it's, just, it's just different when you live in it. And as much yeah. as people don't want to believe, and I get it. I don't want to go to games in December and sit in the cold either, but I want to give my football team every advantage we can get. Yeah. Right. I know? agree. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. I'm with you on that. This episode of Locked On Bills is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I love that McDonald's serves breakfast all day long. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. I'm loving it. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you 
on for this week's tailgate talk is because among the Bills content personalities, mm. I mean, you're among the guys that can speak to the history of this Bills and Dolphins rivalry. I'm old. Is, you're telling yeah, me I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I knew. I felt <laughs> when I told you I was going to ask you this, I felt that was coming. But yeah, I mean, you're you're a seasoned uh, Bills fan here. And so I'd like you to kind of maybe tell us about some of your earliest memories of Bills, Dolphins and that and the journey, right, of being a fan of the Bills through this Bills, Dolphins rivalry dating back as far as you can to present day it's weird for me because i don't remember the goalposts coming down and i don't remember that time when like they owned us so for me my earliest memories i mean i remember joe ferguson playing i remember joe cribs i was i put on twitter this week that i was a jerry but in the jerry butler fan club but i was little right i mean in 1980 i was seven uh so there so there's a lot of that that escapes me as i'm buying football cards and stuff like that as a little kid but when Dan Marino and Jim Kelly obviously ended up when Jim Kelly became a Buffalo Bill, that's when like things in my brain started to really kind of click and pay attention to stuff. And I don't know necessarily what it is and why so much of us, the mafia was grafted into that rivalry between the Bills and the Dolphins, because for the most part, I don't remember us getting throttled by the Dolphins all the time. I just remember the team we have to beat is Dan Marino and the Dolphins. The team we have to beat is Dan Marino and the Dolphins. We didn't see Elway that much. So the team we have to beat. So you always knew that that was the game that was going to give you a fight. So when you talk about memories, it's funny because my, like, I remember the game against the Dolphins. I remember where I was when Thurman Thomas ran around or ran by every single member of the team. He had that one touchdown run where he ran to the right and he ran by 11 guys or 12 guys. And like the, like, uh, uh, who was the old dude that used to call all of his games? Uh, Van Miller. Not, no, not Van Miller on TV. Um, old whatever, but he literally counted them. Him and Dan Deerdorf would always call the Bills games. Like it was like the Troy, the Troy Aikman and Joe Buck for the Cowboys. Dan Deerdorf, the Bills always got the number one game. It'll come to me in a minute. But he like literally counted all the players on the teleprompter, like the that Thurman Thomas ran around. He ran by like 12 of the Dolphins. So that one, the Tim Tyndale game, and I'm not gonna go in numeric order, but Tim Tyndale, the playoff game where Tim Tim Tyndale had like he had a million yards on the ground. I, I was at that game. Uh, Jim Kelly bursting through, you know, the 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 third and whatever it was short or fourth and short to win the football game at the very end. Reminiscent of what we just saw yeah. against the Titans, except Kelly made it. I remember where I was uh, during that football game, like uh, the 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 game where Jim Kelly was on primetime. It was either Sunday night or Monday night football. It's probably Monday night football back then where his feet were locked and there was a guy draped on him and he like threw the ball to Andre Reed across the middle. Andre Reed ends up in the end zone, whatever it was, 70, 80 yards later. Like there's so many of these moments, the Ricky Williams game, which we yep. just talked about the weather where, and I think you and I talked about this recently, Ricky Williams first half, he's got two fifty-five or 50 yard touchdowns. And then all of a sudden I was at that game. The snow literally was, I'm on the visitor's side, uh, which I don't know if that's the East or the West side. I think it's the East side of the stadium because the sun sets on the other side. So I'm in the sun, but the snow was blowing up across the back wall on the other side of the stadium, blowing up in that commercial break. And then it was coming down. And then once the snow happened, like the fans were losing their minds and the dolphins, the wheels just came off. Yeah. They saw the snow and they're like, Oh my God, like <laughs> what is happening? There's just so many of these games, the, the Micah Hyde game on the kickoff return. I was at that yeah. game. Right. So you know, they, they try to, they try to uh, onside kick it. The ball comes up, he catches it, spins around, runs for the touchdown. And then he's like, I probably should have fallen down. It's like, no, no, you don't fall down. We'll take you the score. style points, right? Yes, You score on that thing every single time. There's just so many of these games. Uh, Mario Williams, owning Ryan Tannehill, how much I would love to see the Buffalo Bills just out of Rex Ryan type spite or Rex Ryan type moxie sign Mario Williams to a one day contract. The next time we play Ryan Tannehill, just so Ryan Tannehill's like, what? <laughs> they signed Mario Williams again because that dude owned Ryan Tannehill like he 
no matter what, no, it was always Cameron Wake, right? We come into those games, Cameron Wake, Cam Wake is going to have a good yeah. game against his Bills. Jordan offensive. Mills, right? Right, right. Yeah. And it's like every single time Mario Williams is like, Cameron, who? I'm in this football game too, and I'm about to own this football game. And I think that's actually a big piece of what the Bills are missing is a one dude somewhere each game that's either a havoc wreaker or just takes that game over. But I'm getting excited. You, I, you could probably feel it. I'm getting excited talking about just the history between these two teams. I remember this is kind of a, a sideways one. I remember when uh, Charles Clay would just crush us. The Bills could never guard this guy. And I remember when the Bills signed him and how excited I was for two reasons. Number one, he was a good tight end and we didn't have a good tight end. Mm-hmm. Number two, we didn't have to face him anymore. He yeah. was the Ro- Rod Brindamore. If you're a Sabres fan, he was the Rod Brindamore for the Bills. Like Brindamore and the Flyers would always beat the Sabres. We could not stop Rod Brindamore for some reason. And that's how Charles Clay was. So, and I've got some bad memories in there too. I went, I've gone to a couple Miami games in Miami and the Bills didn't come out on top. But by and large, I mean, when you think about the history of these two football teams and just, just going through the years and stuff like that, there's a lot. We have a lot of pride, right? There's a lot... In my lifetime, I think, and I could be wrong in our lifetime, I think we've beaten the Dolphins more than we've lost to them. Uh, but there's a lot there's a lot to get excited about in this rivalry. And, you know, even though I'm a little apprehensive right now, you're already getting me kind of emotionally, you know, leaning into the, oh, here we go. This is going to be a game. So, yeah. But. So w- let's, uh, let's take it to this angle here is you consider this rivalry as it is today. And I think that the historic parts of the rivalry was probably like the 70s, 80s, yeah. 70s, 80s, and 90s. I don't think we beat them in the 70s. I think they beat us every yeah. time we played them in the 70s. So now like you have this generation of Bills fans that were born, I don't know, late 90s, early 2000s, um, maybe a little bit more lukewarm Bills fans. I mean, I, I remember it. And look, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I got made fun of a lot for being a Bills fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, And I was in middle school and high school in North Carolina. Yep, and yep. I didn't enjoy that. And I, right. I just, I feel, and I, I remember visiting Buffalo and meeting different people and, you know, you're, you're hanging out with their, with people your age, right? You, you go with your mother to visit a friend and there's a, a son that's your age and you wind up speaking to him and they didn't like the bills. I'm like, you don't like the bills. Like you, <laughs> you grew up, you, you live here. How do you not like the bills? Like right. I can't escape it. And right. I worry that there's a lot of people like that. And Maybe they're coming back right now because of mm-hmm. the Bills and, and the team that they are and having a superstar like Josh Allen. And, you know, I actually met somebody this past week that is a, a transplanted family from Western New York. They live in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Mm-hmm. And the, the mom told me that the, their son, who's like, I don't know, 12, 13 years old, is like just now showing interest in the Bills because of Josh Allen. And so, right, right. as we, there's like a, there's a, in an era or a generation, if you will, or whatever you want to call it of bills fans that are just, they're, they're not as they're going to be a little bit detached, right. Yeah. From, from this. And so I hope it comes back and I hope that yeah. the, the bills having the team that they do um, having this stretch that they've had against Miami, if they win Sunday, it'll be seven in a row, which is the, the longest streak the bills have had against Miami. And I think against an AFC East team, if I, if I remember reading that statistic correctly, like I, Am I vibing with, are you vibing with what I'm saying here? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, 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 it's all of it's right there. All of it's right in front of this team and right in front of us. And just to see, I think as you see them kind of like continue to put playoff seasons together, especially if they make the Super Bowl at some point, I think what you're talking about, and I don't want to call them bandwagon fans, but like those people are going to like either climb on board. You're going to get a whole slew of new fans 
a lot of people disconnected fans, which I'm a disconnected Saber fan. Yeah. And even with them doing okay right now, like they rope a dope to me a couple of years ago when they were whatever it was, 12 and 0 or 10 and 0, and then they started losing. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's people that are like, I'm going to wait. Right. But we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, no, no. Like, I think it was Stefan Diggs said it, or one of them said it, Poyer said it yesterday in the, in the, in the presser, you know, that we're good. Everybody knows we're good and we know we're good. So there's an expectation that we're going to go out there and do what we're supposed to do as a good football team. So to your point, I think that's coming. I think those people are going to are going are gonna to pile in at some point in time. What's your earliest memory uh, as far as just Dolphins related? Dolphins related earliest memory. I remember. Well, OK, so my last name's Marino. OK, everybody knows that. <laughs> and so there's always that weird part of being a Bills fan with the last name Marino. Can we stop? Can we stop? Because sure. there's there's you and there's Anthony Marino. Yes. So when I got into Twitter and I got into content creation, I saw your two names, Anthony, Joe. First thought, are they related? Yep. Second thought was like, oh, my God, Bills fans with the last name Marino. That's got to suck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so so there's always this weird feeling that I had. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's last name is Marino, and that's super relatable. But I don't like this man because he plays for the Dolphins, and I this is a rival, and they, we're supposed to win this game. And so I remember my dad being very passionate about Bruce Smith sacking Dan Marino and Dan Marino, very much Philip Rivers-esque with his mannerisms playing the game. And sure, you know, sure. I, I don't want to call him whiny or pouty or anything like that, but he, oh, was, he, was. he was. Well, so, you know, Josh Allen gets that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have close friends that are Dolphins fans, and they say, Josh Allen's a whiny football player. And I yeah, think that's just a, what you say, right? There's like, a di- no, there's a difference. Uh, Marino, Brady, there's guys like that that get whiny. Kyler Murray, gets they get whiny about the what somebody not doing something right, which is different than Josh Allen. Josh Allen gets whining down because he made a mistake. He's like, why did I do that? Versus somebody it's, it's rare that Josh Allen is upset with somebody else. Whereas like Marino, well, that's would fair. Get, would get very like, it's your fault and you suck. Like it's the, it's the Peyton Manning. No, I, I think I throw the ball. You catch it. It's not yes. that hard. <laughs> you made a great distinguishment there. And I'm going to use that next time. This is used against me, but I think the reference is more like, petitioning for calls and selling some yeah, yeah. some hits and stuff like that. And Josh does get those calls. Yeah. And I, and my defense is like, I'm glad he does. It helps the team. Like it's been 20 years. We're yeah. finally getting them. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so um, the question you asked me was my earliest memories of, of yeah. Bill's dolphins. And, and it is just hoping Dan Marino got sacked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and watching him melt down. Like, yeah. that's what I wanted to see. I'll uh, I'll put it to you this way, or I'll I'll, I'll I'll relate it to you this way. Being that he's from Eastern Pennsylvania and you're or Western Pennsylvania, and you're from Western New York. There's a pretty good chance you guys are probably related. So just throw well, that all right, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Uncle Dan, <laughs> Uncle you, Dan, I uh, would like to uh, be added to the will and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the insurance policies, please. Yeah, I'd love to talk just about this game before because I know we're getting close on time, but it's I think the most upset I ever was was when I discovered and realized that Dan Marino and Jim Kelly were great friends. I was like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> I hate Dan. I used to make, because it, when I was in high school, it was before you could order t-shirts or people like there was no 26 shirts that made t-shirts about. So I literally would buy white t-shirts and I would use my mom's fingernail polish or I'd buy fingernail polish and I would make anti-dolphin t-shirts like mm, squish the big, fish, baby. You're right. Big 13 with a circle through it. I think I had one that said Dan Marino sucks. And our football coach got mad at me in the 10th grade because he knew Dan Marino personally because I lived in Florida at the time. And like, so, so for me, when I found out that Jim Kelly and Dan Marino were friends and I, I was probably my 
late teens, early twenties, I was like, uh, no, this, this, you can't be friends. Like, that's not fair. Like, can't be friends. And now it's charming, but it is what it is. But this game for me, the bills have all the opportunity. They have all the potential. Like that dolphins defense is not playing well. The secondary is not good. Their safeties aren't good. Uh, I think one is it Xavier Howard or Byron Jones. One of them's hurt. And Byron Jones is not panned out. If you remember going into last year, it was like, Oh, you could not beat Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And freaking Stefan Diggs it had like beaten him two or three times before he hurt his groin. And let's be honest, Stefan Diggs probably made him hurt his groin because he couldn't keep up with him. So there's just a lot of opportunity. And I'm excited to see Josh Allen put it together. I'm, I'm excited to see this offense put it together uh, because coming into this season, we all expected 2020 offense. And we were all very much like, not sure what the defense is going to do. Well, I know we're getting star back. We drafted this Greg Rousseau guy, which at 30, who didn't play last year. And then we all think that Boogie Basham is the guy that's going to play, but we'll see what happens. And like the defense comes out and they're like legit. And the yeah. offense is trying to find itself. Dude, it, I'm going to be off the rails on my overreaction postgame show. If that defense plays the way we expect it to, and that offense finds itself, if that offense finds itself, this to me, I don't, I don't know who could stop them. If that offense finds itself, because even the Titans game, that's a different game if the Bills scored two touchdowns on those first two drives. If it's 14 nothing in the first quarter, that game is different than 6 nothing. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate cake, so many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. You want to try Bilt Bars, but you're not sure which flavor to get. You can get a mixed box. That's where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, you could try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Just kind of what, what was on my mind as you were talking there is I was thinking back to week two and how the Bills won 35-0, to but it felt so unsettling. Like it wasn't the, this route that you came away thinking, man, we really dominated right. that football game. And like it was definitely... Josh was not a major catalyst for the win. He didn't have the big stats. I mean, the Bills only had 314 total yards of, of offense in that game. Everybody's putting up big yards against this Dolphins defense. The Bucks <laughs> right. 558, Vegas 497, the Falcons 397, the Jags 396, the Patriots 393, the Bills at 314? You know no. what I mean? Like, it, it just was... It wasn't the Bill script and I, that we like, right? The, the fun Josh Allen, 350-plus, all the touchdowns. It was, it was a different type of win. And so I'm anxious to see the Bills go out there and, and take advantage of a team that everyone else has taken advantage of, which is so odd to say because the Bills beat them 35-0. Yeah, but that's how the whole season has been. It's it, like when... It was, two, it was before the Titans game. It, it came out. We all knew the Bills were number one in scoring defense. And the Bills-Titans game before it, it's like, oh, the Bills are also number one in, in offensive points per game. And you're like, what? <laughs> they are? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why am I complaining at this point? Right. Well, I'm complaining because they look – and Allen kind of alluded to it or inferred it. No, he, I think he said it in his presser that this year is different. 
and like you don't go backwards and things aren't the same as they were last year and things change and blah, blah, blah. But at some point in time, I think they're going to find themselves. And by God, I hope it's this week. Like, yeah. And, and not because it's because like, I'm afraid. I hope it's this week because I, you know, there, there's not many better feelings than stomping the Dolphins. Like, yeah, every time that every, every time the Dolphins would play the Patriots on primetime, you're on Twitter and it's like, you know, oh, who are you expecting to win? And I would like always put the like the, the the gif of Armageddon with the meteor hitting the earth. It's like, this is what I'm rooting for. Like, I'm hoping a meteor hits the stadium and, <laughs> and destroys both teams <laughs> because like I can't stand the Patriots or the Dolphins. But but yeah, to beat the Dolphins. And I don't even know. I mean, what are you watching for? Who are, where are your eyes going to be in this football game? Well, I, I would say always on Josh Allen. Um, yeah. That's a boring answer, so I'll, I'll expand upon that. I'm, I'm interested in seeing the Bills' defensive philosophy in this football game where we only got to see two for two series, yeah. and I'll take the words out of Kyle Krabs' mouth, who's a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of the Locked on Dolphins podcast. Like He has said this routinely. The Buffalo Bills, with the way that they played those two series against Tua, pretty much just gave him the double birds and said, we think you're terrible. We have no respect for you. We're yeah, just going to yeah. tee off. We're going to cap that glance route, and we don't think you can do anything about it. And yeah. for the seven plays he was in there and got sacked, like, what, two or three times and was just harassed repeatedly, I mean, the Bills were pouring it on. And I think part of the disappointment of that game, week two, is that we didn't get to see the evolution of that Miami offense against what the Bills defense was doing. And so I finally feel like we get that opportunity to pick that up. And Tua's playing a lot better, right? He's, yeah. he's had two good games back-to-back. -back. We could talk about the opponents, and he certainly had some goofy interceptions that wound up costing the team. They didn't win either yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm anxious to see the evolution of this Bills defense and what they showed in two series against Tua uh, and see if we can what happens across 60 minutes and, and see how Tua evolves and how the Bills' defense evolves. It's it's a completely different form of deuces, far more humiliating form of deuces when you're giving two middle fingers versus the normal Bro, deuces that were out of here. They were. <laughs> it, no, it was I disrespectful just, for sure. But that's it was disrespectful. But that's the point. Like I don't yeah. even. How, how does that football team stop this Bills team? Like so when I when I let myself go and I let myself into the energy of what we've watched over the last four or five years with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. When I when I let myself into the energy of the turmoil. I just don't know how that Dolphins team, and now I'm going total fanboy on you. Tailgate show, going total fanboy. I don't know how the defense stops this Bills offense. I don't know how that offense can get anything on this Bills defense other than Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki mm -hmm. is a weapon. You and I have talked about it before. The Bills have historically always had a hard time covering tight ends. They've done a pre pretty good job here and there, and it hasn't hurt them when Kosicki's got his points or gotten his yards or gotten his catches. And obviously, Fitz looked at Gasecki a whole lot more than Tua does. But to, I love what you said. The Bills are going to stop that, that glance route. They're going to stop that flat stuff. Again. They're, they're going to do it again. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to shut that down, make him find the middle of the field, which he does not have the arm for. And if Tremaine Edmonds, in my opinion, can stand in the middle of kind of that intermediate defensive backfield area, he's just going to six foot, whatever he is. He's six yeah. foot. In, he's not six five. I've met him. Uh, same thing with Rousseau. Rousseau's not six six. He's much bigger. But there's just an opportunity for them to just stand there and be like, get their hands up, tip balls. Yeah. Like the ball doesn't come out right. Have you noticed that about Tua? The ball just doesn't. It doesn't. You've got a short dude that's mobile, very athletic, very smart, very similar to Kyler Murray. But when Kyler Murray throws the football, there's zip on it. It's like, oh, that dude can throw a football. When Tua throws the ball, it's like, it looks like Chad Pennington. It just doesn't come out right. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a hard time maximizing his frame to generate velocity on on the football. Um, 
and he's not naturally left-handed either. So that, that plays into it. His, his father forced him to throw left-handed. He does everything else in the world right-handed. Are you serious? Yeah, he swings golf club right-handed. Everything else is right-handed. His dad wanted to be left-handed. So I think wow. I think there's some unnatural mechanics that he has to fight a little bit to generate the velocity. And then you think about the hip injury, the multiple ankle injuries, and it's like this guy has not at a very young age where he's really forming those good habits in terms right. of throwing a football. He, he hasn't had the chance, right, because of of how his body has failed him in, in a lot of different ways. And so I think using, you know, there's so many, so much sequencing that goes into throwing a football properly to generate maximum velocity velocity. And, and it looks weird for Tua. And I think him being left-handed, I think at least from our eyes and how we see it, it, it always looks weird because he's the first left-handed quarterback that's been in the NFL for a very long time. Vic, Vic didn't look that way. When the ball came out of Vic's hand, if it no. came out of Vic's hand. Oh, but, he but had a laser. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. We need to work on our tailgate show because when I said that, like, he doesn't throw the ball right, I was expecting you to just go, yeah, he sucks. But that's what we <laughs> That's a me problem. That's not a you problem, Joe. I, <laughs> yeah, I have a hard sucks. time uh, getting getting out of I don't know, in and out of character. I'm pretty much the same all the time. I think that's maybe I'm the issue there. So. I'm just teasing you. Just it's just fun. It's, it, I'm the same way because it's 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 it, it's weird to me because even inside of these conversations, like you and I'll talk whether it was at lunch or on the phone or just in text. Same thing with Bruce Nolan. Sometimes Spence. I call you at two in the morning, man. It's right, uh, Fina, whatever. And it's like some like I'll be driving, I'll be driving down the road with Fina on the phone, and I'm like, man, I wish we were recording right now because then when we get on the show, it's like. And we're not even talking about the same stuff. There's just an energy to it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, when you get when you get here, you want to make sure you say the right things and not say the wrong. Like you can't say a player sucks. That's mean, right? So well, I but, can, uh, but <laughs> I don't know if that's in my DNA. We'll see. I, I, is there a player that sucks? Yes. I, I, yes, there, there are. There there, are. I, I'm excited to see this defensive line attack that offensive line. I know they've made some changes. They moved the guy that uh, that Epinesa was on inside, which Bruce Nolan had a funny tweet just about like they should just toy with him and troll him and move Epinesa. Oh, inside for sure. Put Epinesa <laughs> over him on long and lake downs <laughs> right. and let him go to work. Man. <laughs> right. So for sure. I'm excited to see this defensive line rotation. Where? What are your thoughts on this idea moving away from that, uh, that the Bills, Dan Graziano's rumor actually more of a hypothetical situation that people are calling the bills about pass rushers and that uh, there, there might be an opportunity for them to move somebody. And do you think it would be for a pick or do you think it'd be for a body, a player? Mm. Do you really see the bills being willing to compromise their defensive line depth as much as they put into it? You know, the, the much, much as they've made it a point of emphasis for multiple years, they finally got this mix that they like. Mm. And I said this in my conversation with Bruce, and it almost it, felt like this abundance of D line help, was a contingency against the idea that somebody's probably going to get hurt. And I was just, just going to say that. Just, just hasn't happened, that. right? Yeah. I was going to I was going to bring that back. I was going to bring that up to you cuz that's yeah, that's that's a good it's a good thought. I don't know that you go into the season that way, but when you're sitting two three guys every I mean AJ Epinesa is a healthy scratch. Like and I know they're playing chess, right? I yeah. know that they're tr they're trying to play chess against the Titans and it didn't work. They got they got, you know, they got rooked. But I mean it's just one of those things that I I, I I don't know. To me, I want to see Basham, Epinesa. I want to see F.A. Obata, and I want to see Rousseau on the field. Like, that's yeah. who I want to see on the field. I don't need to see Mario Addison at 42%. I don't need to see Vernon Butler on the field. I do ever. I have, ever. Yeah, I have, I have a charm in my heart for Harrison Phillips. I'd like to see him. I think Bill's Mafia gets down on him because they don't see him do necessarily exactly the same things that Star does. And let's be honest with you, he came in on an unfair leg because it was like, it's very much the Todd Collins thing. When the Bills drafted Todd Collins, it's like, he looks like Jim Kelly. He throws like Jim Kelly. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't Jim Kelly. Mm. And the same thing happened. And I was nervous when, when Harrison got drafted because it was like, oh, he just like Kyle Williams. He looks yeah. like Kyle Williams. He'll play like Kyle Williams. He's like, he's not Kyle Williams. Right. 
that was always unfair, man. Like right. the legend of the team, literally for the last 10 years, like third round pick that, I mean, I, I studied him at Stanford. I thought he was an okay prospect. Like, right, right. You, you just don't do that to a guy. And they, they embraced it too, man. Like, I'm like, what are yeah. we doing here? But uh, it never really came to fruition. Joe, I'll tell you what, it's going to be hard not to want to do this with you every week. Uh, <laughs> this was, this was an absolute blast. And so um, I'm available. I'm yeah, available well, every week. You know, so. listen, I, I, <laughs> you may have to force my hand here. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you have a lot going on. Can you uh, just walk us through that so that people can get more Joe Miller if they want? Yeah, so I do a, 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 the Bills Mafia Time to Shine segment on YouTube, which is uh, everything's on Buffalo Rumblings, uh, whether it's on YouTube exclusively or it's dropped as a pod the next day. Uh, the Bills Mafia Time to Shine is a call-in show. So literally, I throw the link out there on all social media platforms and live during the show at 8 o'clock on Saturday nights pre- uh, before the game. And you, the fan, get to come on live with me and give me your game prediction, give me a Josh Allen stat line and a hot take if you have one. We'll chat for a couple minutes. Uh, my overreaction post game shows on Sundays uh, that also drops live on YouTube and then drops as a podcast on Monday. My off tackle with John Fina show, which is a lot of fun. We get, I get more feedback on the Fina show than anything else because John Fina is just such a likable dude. Like, yeah. and he's funny and like, he's, he's smart. So he's giving insight where a lot of, and I love and respect you and Bruce and Eric Turner and Greg Thompson and all you guys that do that heady stuff. But when Fina explains it, it's just different. And he's seeing things that aren't always seen by right by by some of the other guys because obviously he was a left tackle. So we do a yeah. lot of offensive line and defensive line breakdown stuff, which is fun. It's very, it's very it like similar to Baldinger when Baldinger breaks stuff down. It's just it's it's compelling. You're like, oh my gosh, like this guy's yeah. really he's teaching me something. Uh so that's at nine o'clock on uh, Monday nights and then drops as a pot on Tuesday. And then obviously the Humpty Hotline with Jay Spencer King, my guy and yours. Jay Spencer King on Wednesday nights. And that's just, uh, we look back at last week, look forward to this week. And yeah, I'm busy. It's a lot of fun. So I, I, it's the seasons here. This is just, this is go time. So off season's not as much fun because there's not as much content. I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, this has been a pleasure. And uh, thanks to everyone for tuning into our tailgate talk this weekend. And I can finally say that the hay is in the barn. We've done all we can here on the Lockdown Bills podcast to get ready for this game. And now it's just up to the Buffalo Bills to go out and do it, improve their record to five and two. And I'm certainly looking forward to a mm. Victory Monday podcast on Monday. So that is going to do it for us here today and this week on the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.